Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, it's Chatting with Nat. It's Natalie James and Natalie Jean. And today we have the honor of having singer-songwriter Erin McClendon. Erin McClendon is walking, talking, poster child for Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. She believes in love, magic, and she dreams big. Her positive outlook on life is not only a quality that defines her quite nicely, it is the combination of her wit, wisdom, and love for humanity that is equally endearing. Let's give her a round of applause. Hi, Erin. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me, Nat. Well, thanks for being on the show. So... Let me ask you this. <clears throat> How have you been through a election, George Floyd, um, tsunamis, earthquakes, assassinations, um, polio, COVID, COVID had some babies, Roe versus Wade, um, some other virus coming through, uh, the flu, you know, pandemic, oh, all kinds of different things. Oh, cicadas. I don't know if you had that, but we had that here. <laughs> How have you been? It's just been somewhat, no, it's not even somewhat. It's been crazy. How have you been through all it's, of this? You know, it's it's been definitely years of reflection and, and personality shaping and refocusing, which has been, you know, one on one side, it's been great. On the other side, it's been terrible because it's trial by fire. <laughs> it's That's not just like I chose like be able to look into myself and see like how I would react in this situation. Nope. There's the situation and I'm reacting. That's right. That's so, right. So, you know, I, I, I pride myself on building a career based off of feminism and um, fighting for equality, not just for women, but for, for everybody, the LGBTQ community, the trans community, everybody. Um, Cause it just doesn't make sense to me that, that anybody would be, just marginalized because of who they are. If you're mm. a smart human being and a kind human being, you deserve to make it. Right. You you right. deserve everything. Um, and I just setting a few years, obviously like um with you know, obviously with COVID, with the election, I'm I'm very glad we don't have who we had in the office in the office anymore, but we aren't without our flaws still. Um and <laughs> It's like every time we take a step forward, we take two steps back. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you you, you yeah. definitely got that right. Um, it has been, you know, from a worldview point, when you, you, you look at things, you would think that people would get along much better now because we all went through something together. We all went through the same thing. None of us went through anything right. different. And right, the trauma. <laughs> yeah, the trauma. 
Um, I feel bad for people that were extroverts during this time. You had to be locked down in your house. Um, one of the things I've realized also, and I think a lot of people realize, you know, people need physical touch. They need people around them. Some people do. Yeah. I mean, some people that are introverts are probably, this is the best thing ever. But um, <laughs> as extroverts or just, just being around people is, is important. Being able to talk to somebody is important. Obviously, we were able to talk to each other through the screen and stuff like that. But, I mean, even screen time is bad for you. I mean, we were on the screen for a year, and that was driving people crazy at the same time. And But you would think that, like I said, that during this time, you know, people would be more compassionate and understanding, and yet the world has become <laughs> deeper into divisiveness, which is just crazy. There are still a lot of great people in the world doing great things. And then, so you touched on the fact that, you had a lot of, you know, you did some self-introspection. Um, one of the key things that I noticed, you know, obviously there's good and bad in regards to the uh, the pandemic. Obviously the bad part, people died. They have long-term COVID, you know, people have lost limbs. People are going through chronic illness. But on the other side, like you said, uh, people got time to do a lot of self-introspection. A lot of people quit their jobs because they realized yeah. that, um they 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 need a job but they want to be happy they want to follow their dream their destiny they want to do something where you know they go into work and they're happy doing it you know there's a there's a lot of that you know a lot of jobs decided people can work from home it's a lot cheaper you know climate change we learned that yeah when people are not in the world the pollution level goes down the animals, Mother Nature, they were all excited about the fact that we were not out there, hoping that we wouldn't come back. But we did. Um, and then you <laughs> with you and I. I should say that because um, I'm, a, I'm a runner, and um, I noticed, like, like, maybe, like, May of 2020, I was outside, and I ran past this creek that's, like, right by a main road, and I started to notice that there were fish in there. I had mm. never seen fish in there. Yep. Yep. Um, and I was like, oh. Well, that's happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is very happy. You know, I mean, there were tiny, not a big creek, but it, it went from being like this little tiny body of water I couldn't really see through. It was just like murky mm-hmm. to, to being clear and there being life in it. See, you see that now? That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. Um, and then you have artists that decide to rebrand or artists that, you know, they created EPs, albums, tracks, uh, singles, and some artists said, you know, screw this, I'm not doing music anymore, it's just too much. Um, and you talked about self-introspection. So with your music career, or you as a person, did you say, okay, I want to change this about myself and my music? Did you say, nope, I know who I am, I'm going to do my thing? What did you think about it in, in that regard? Um, you know, I, uh, I wrote a lot. I was writing a lot before the pandemic and I kept writing. Um, and when it came time to, to figure out if I wanted to release a new album, which I figured out at the beginning of last year, um, right. instead of being like, okay, well, what are the most recent songs? What would relate well to everybody? It was just, okay, what are my favorite six songs that I've written in the last, you know, like decade mm. that I've been playing out live that nobody's actually heard. Like it's never been recorded or on a body of uh, like a project. So that's really how I, I approached this, this album that came out recently. It was 
these are my favorite songs that I've written over the past 10 years. They need to be heard now. Right. Right. I get it. I get it. Um, it's, it's so funny during the pandemic, I couldn't write any, I did get COVID, but I didn't, I, I couldn't write anything. I was just like, I had to pinch myself every day to see if this is what I was living through that we were all living through. I mean, it felt like the 1930s, you know, you don't, you just don't think, Oh, okay, we're going to go through a pandemic. You just don't think that way. You just don't. And so every day I had to say, is this real? I'm still questioning even after all these people have millions of people have died. I'm just, I can't believe that this can happen in the 21st century where we have like the, the technology we have and all that stuff. So it's just been super surreal. Now, what made you get into the music industry? Was it something that you heard? Did you did you just come out of the womb and it was like Aaron and music <laughs> one? Was it something that you heard or saw? How did you how did you see how did you get into the music industry? Yeah, uh, well, it's interesting because I didn't realize that, like, pursuing music as a career was a thing until high school. It was just something that I loved doing. I loved singing. Um, I started writing these really crappy songs that will never see the light of day when I was, like, 12. Um, (laughs) It was just something that I really, really enjoyed doing. And then when I got to high school and I started looking for colleges, I, like, it was the question of what do you want to do? And when you ask a 17-year-old, that's like, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I started seeing like these these schools of music, and I was like, I can major in music. Like that's an option. They're like, yeah. And I said, what do what do you do? And the answer, pretty much across the board, at that point was, and I was like, well, I don't know if I want to be a teacher. Um, which ironically I am now I'm a voice teacher, but I'm also still an artist. I did it in a way to where I can do both. Um, but when I got to, uh, I actually went to Belmont University, and they offer a program called Commercial Music, um, and you emphasize in something. You can either emphasize in performance, and composition, and theory, and music tech, and I chose music business because it was an industry I had never heard of before. I never realized that it was its own thing, um, and it just, it fascinated me, so that's really how I got involved in it was just realizing it was an option in college and that's what I majored in and that's how I dove in and with Thelma being in the epicenter of Nashville like right literally next door to Music Row there was a lot of opportunity now what would you say is your genre of music I am um, country Americana okay okay that's my that's my genre a lot of people kind of like yeah Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say a lot of people are like, well, you're more like this. You're more like this. I'm like, I literally don't care what you label me as as long as you like it. (laughs) But that's the truth. And so many people hate that that question. I actually hate that question, but I ask it anyway. Um, Because I don't hate it. I say what it is, and then I say, you pick. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, is that I, I remember meeting somebody someday some years ago and they were asking me what my genre is and at that point I was multi-genre and they say no 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 what's your genre and I said I'm multi-genre no he's like you have to pick a specific genre I said no I create several I I, uh create in most of the genres um there's not really one specific I I grew up loving jazz but then I delved into everything else and 
Um, I'm like, why do I have to have a specific genre? This just doesn't make sense to me. Isn't the whole point of creating music is to tell a story, to be an eff- effective exactly. player? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's about- the, the, the old trope, sorry, the old trope used to be like you had to pick a genre so people right. would know what to label you as. But now it's like with the opportunities out there with with sync, with TikTok, mm-hmm. with uh, the social and the digital space, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I mean, look at an artist like Marin Morris. She's on right. pop radio and on country radio. That's right. And the other thing is that a lot of the genres are meshing together. People are fusing yeah. music over the place that you really can't you can't say that you're a specific genre anymore. I am, however, like you, I'm, I'm, I've stayed in the Americana singer songwriter country genre because and folks. Because I love the storytelling. It's not that you can't tell a story in the other genres, but I feel that telling a story in that genre is goes deeper than anything that can be done in any, any other genre. So I absolutely love that. How important is it for you to be um, authentic in your songwriting performance and as a person in your life? It's so important to me because if you're not authentic, people can tell. Um, right. We're we're kind of past the age of like the record labels uh, plastering a persona onto you and saying that's who you are and then Mm. you're just being like um people are especially with social media people gravitate towards the authentic people Mm -hmm. and those are the people that people oh yeah I can relate to them um because you look at like I mean, reality TV, everybody loves reality TV and we all say it's crappy, but it's also like, you know what? This is mindless and I can relate to these people because I've been through these emotions before. So like authenticity is super important to me, not just because I love reality TV, but also <laughs> um, <laughs> because in, if, if you're on stage and you're singing a song about something you don't actually believe in, like who, people can feel that. Um, and like I tell people all the time, is that I feel like like during the pandemic, um, more people got to know more in, uh, independent artists because they had the ha- time to. Um, also, yeah. I did a lot of uh, webinars, conferences, whatever online, uh, you know, about TikTok and all their different things. And with TikTok, the videos that do the best are the authentic videos because people can look at that and say, oh, I can try that. Now, if a star does it, they're like, no, I can't do it. They want something like you said, that they can relate to. Um, I think that independent artists give people hope. They're like, oh, wait, wait a minute. That person's been yeah, through what, I, what I've been through. Because, you know, I know there are a lot of people that love Beyonce, but Beyonce does not move me. I think she's a great performer. performer. She can sing, but mm-hmm. she, I think she sings at you and not to you. And that one year they got mad because Adele beat her at the Grammys and stuff like that for album of the year. But again, I understand that because she sings at you. Now, when you listen to Adele, she's talking about all these breakup stuff that she's been through and everybody's been through that stuff. So they completely understand yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, like the songs that are my favorites of Beyonce's are the ones where she is actually like singing about her own life. And Adele is one of those people, like she is exactly who she is on stage, off stage in the grocery store. What Beyonce doesn't go to the grocery store. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
So that is why that authenticity, the authentic self is so important, um, especially when you're doing music. Listen, if there are artists out there that just want to be in the music game for fame and all that stuff, that's on them. You know, that's their thing. Do do it. But if you're in the game to be um, authentic and you're trying to be an effective player, you want people to relate to your music, relate to you, by all means, do it. Because people are going to gravitate to you because there's something that you have in common with them. You know, music has the power to move mountains, to heal, to do all all these things. And I always tell people, you know, if you're an artist, music is your superpower. It just is. It is our superpower because we can make a difference in other people's lives. Uh, and that, and I think that's the most important. I know that's the most important for me. Um, now tell me about your latest album that came out on August 26th. What is the theme yeah. of the album? What is the album about? Um, so I, I kind of joke that it's my album of misfits because it's all those songs that I've written. Um, I think the most recent song was written five years ago. Um, maybe four, but, um, they're all songs that I've loved and maybe I've recorded them. Maybe I haven't, but they, they never fit on a previous project. So okay. it just so happened, like they're my favorite to play live, but it just so happened that like all of them fit well together. Um, so they're all stories about me and my life and things that I've gone through. Like, for example, um, tell me, which is, I think, track number three. Um, I actually don't remember what order they're in. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I never remember. But tell me is about like my first major heartbreak and getting over that back when I was like 20 years old. And then, um, Sunday Crowd is about this experience I had at one of my best friend's weddings. Um, and then flip it around, and then there's a song called St. Lawrence, and that's about uh, the first time my husband, my now husband, took me to his family's um, cabin on the St. Lawrence River. And uh, it was a few weeks before he proposed, so it was like this great memory that I had um, of the first time I was welcomed into that family. Uh, and it's just like all these different, so there's not a ton of themes uh, in terms other than just it being an experience, you know, like my life. I love that. Um, I think it's great when artists uh, can sing about their own personal experiences because, again, that helps that helps the listener because the listener says, "My God, I got to listen to more of Erin because she gets me. I get her." <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I can I, just you know message her on Instagram and we can chat, chat forever. But that's what you want in a listener. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I do get people messaging me on Instagram being like, uh, what's this song about? And I'll tell them, like, I'll talk to people all the time. As long as they're not creepy, I'll talk to anybody on Instagram. <laughs> I hear you on that one. Because, you know, in this music industry, you can get all kinds of people. That's for sure. It's just, yeah, it's running just... joke out with my husband is, oh, got another sugar daddy request. There you go. <laughs> he knows. He knows what it's all about. I'm telling you. He does. What is Music on the Move Studios? That is actually um, my company that I started in. Uh, technically, it started in 2019 as an all-female showcase. And then uh, my business partner and I joined forces to create the whole studios part in 2020 during the pandemic. <laughs> That's 
Awesome. Um, See what comes out of yeah. a pandemic. Great ideas. Yeah, it's it's really been fun. Um, and like you said, people were quitting their jobs during the pandemic, and they were right. um, really looking inside themselves and thinking, "What do I want?" And at that right. point, I was working like ten thousand different part-time jobs, and it wasn't that I necessarily didn't enjoy them. It was just it it wasn't the end game, you know. So I started doing more lessons. I started teaching virtually. I um, and my business partner Katie Thompson and I were trading lessons back and forth because she teaches the guitar and I teach voice, and. Okay one day I just approached her and I said, why don't we just pull our studios together so mm. that I can give you students, you can give me students. And why don't we just turn this into an actual company? Because the way Katie and I met was through um, what started it all, which were these all female showcases that I started in 2019 with an all female lineup and an all female house band that plays for everybody and all female pop-up shops, because I just saw that there's a space needed for women to to go do a showcase that wasn't just you know like an acoustic showcase or a writer's round or something and it, there needed to be like a unique space where their music could really shine through you know wow. um I so that. i met Kate, one of the the house band members uh they're called the hellcats <laughs> they're now my band but she and i just became fast friends and we've been building music on the move studios um ever since so she now has her podcast paradox jukebox Okay. Um, we have the music education studio, and we're still doing showcases. I love that. Women Thanks. rule. The world just needs to understand that women rule. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. Women can. <laughs> some, some women can come together and create amazing things, and what you're talking about here is just amazing, and it's helping other people. So I, I absolutely love that. Now, when you are writing a song. How do you go about writing a song? What's your whole process? And if you de- if you um, go through writer's block, how do you do with how do you deal with that? Ooh, good question. Um, so my whole songwriting process, I I co-write a lot. So I'll get an idea for a song. God knows oh. when. You know, <laughs> whenever creativity strikes, it strikes. <laughs> right. Um. So I'll get an idea for a song and I'll bring it to a co-write and um, we'll just like pitch ideas back and forth and we'll land on one that w- that really resonates with both of us. Um, and we just build it off of that one idea. Sometimes it's a chorus, sometimes it's a verse, sometimes it's a vibe. Um, right. Usually like I start with the lyrics, like the lyrics and the melody come to mind at the same time for me. Do they change? Sure. That's, that's the nature of the beast. Like you adapt it to fit what you want it the overall picture to look like. Um, but when you hit those moments of writer block, writer's block, what I do is sometimes I just like leave it and come back to it later. I'll move on and come back and see if something else that comes or um, uh, there's a running joke where like inspiration hits when you take the pee break. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you put it all there, but it gets up, goes to the bathroom and then we all come back and it's like, Oh, I got it. Mm. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm like you. I'm like you. I walk away mm-hmm. because if I don't walk away, I'll just break my computer or rip the paper apart. Um, I'll yeah. I'll scream. I'll scream at the screen. Um, yeah. Why isn't anything coming through? One thing about me is I can't be forced to write. That's the problem. Also, um, but if no. I'm in the mood, then boom, it just flows. And the other, I mean, the best place that I write music is in the shower. Now, if I could remember oh. anything that came up with, it would be great. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I've had like inspiration strike in like the middle of the night in a dream, and I'll like consciously think to myself, "Oh my God, remember this, remember this, remember this," and I'll wake up and it's gone. Yeah, isn't it's that so, sad? <laughs> it's so frustrating. Sometimes I'll remember like a tidbit, and I'll like yes. sneak into the bed so I don't wake up my husband, and I'll just like sing it real quick into voice, voice memos, and then try to figure out what the heck I just sang. Uh, the next morning after I go to sleep. Yeah, I mean, I know that when I'm in the shower, I'll try to say repeat, repeat, repeat it, repeat it, and then mm. get out. And now I bring like my phone in the bathroom so I can kind of read. But, but before I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna. And, and then I get mad. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so good. So then somebody told me about this pad, this um, pad that's waterproof that you can have in the shower that I bought. I've never, I haven't used it yet mind you um <laughs> but but i i want to create like this waterproof gadget that takes away the sound of the shower but puts everything in i'm let me tell you one day i'm going to create this thing this is this I, I have to create it i think it would be groundbreaking you just get into the shower you start singing <laughs> boom you press the button you're like okay let me let me and then you, you don't have to worry about paper and anything like that it's just I just got to get that done. I think it would be, I mean, because so many people that I interview are just like, yep, the shower is the place that they, they create the best music. They come up with the best lyrics. And I think it's because, you know, you're so, you're so relaxed in the shower that you just don't think about it. Like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start singing. Now, I am yeah. going to play your song, Sunday Crowd. Tell me what that's about. The Sunday Crowd is a song about uh, an experience I had at my one of my best friend's weddings. Um, it was in this tiny church in small town, North Carolina, and um, my friend was having some issues with, like, you know, like everybody does on her wedding day, and there's just this one woman that chose to um, be the wedding planner, and nobody asked her to be, and she started to change everything, and it was really stressing my friend out. And so she, at that time, I was actually working as a security guard. And so my friend looked at me and said, Erin, I need you to go do your job. Yep. I said, okay. And so I'll, my job was to run interference between my friend and this woman <laughs> the whole day <laughs> and make sure she didn't change anything. Um, and when I got back to Nashville at a writing session, I was like, yeah, man, like these small town churches, everybody's been to one. Everybody can relate to this. So we wrote Sunday Crowd based off that experience. All right, let me play. Last night's party, pour some holy in your drink. 
I love it. I was grooving to that. Yeah, it definitely definitely have an earworm on that, which is what you want in music. Um, Yeah. So what's the best part? What do you love most about being an artist? Oh, man, performing. I love, I love, love, love live performances because I can connect with an audience way better um, than just, like, social media or something. Like, face-to-face interactions are my preferred mode of communication. I feel feel you. I feel you. I'm with you on that one. Um, And how important is it for you to empower women? Very important. Um, I, uh, you know, growing up in like the 90s and the early 2000s, it was always just like painted that women fought against each other to get to the top um, right. and all the cliche movies. And, you know, I, I was bullied by other women in middle school, high school, even a bit in college. And it just didn't make sense to me. Like it never, like why, why is there not room for you and me? Um, right why does it have to be a competition? And so uh, when I got to college, I, I just, you know, you're in a, a music and um, the music program, like, it was like, I'm, we're all here to do the same thing. There's, there really is no need for competition. And I was able to like choose people instead of just like being forced to be around people that I didn't really enjoy. You know, I, I could choose people that lifted me up and that were friends who believed in me and I believed in them and that really kind of shaped my my career and even after college um the first time I actually walked into a building like a a record label I talked to this one guy and he looked at me dead in the eye and said yeah so we've signed our one girl for the year so we're tapped out Mm. Mm. so in that moment I was like got it I have to do something (laughs) yeah like that's not okay Lord. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it just like shocked me. Like granted, like that girl is doing very well to this day. Very well. And I'm happy for her. It's not her fault that she made it there before I did. Um, but it was just one of those moments where it was a light bulb and it said, Okay, you're not gonna let me have a seat at the table, so I'm gonna go build my own table. I don't I don't see what I can't. It's it's I've been trying to wrap my head around why the world, not everybody, but the world seemingly is against women. You know, women, you know, fight other women. A lot of women do get along, but the most part, there's a lot of competition, which the world has instilled upon women. Now, (laughs) they want to take women's rights away from them trying to instill fear, do all this. Stuff. I just, I, I don't get it. it it's interesting because, you know, obviously I have a TikTok and I put my music on there, but I'm telling you, my all my con- conversations about Roe versus Wade have just gotten lots and lots and lots of views, thousands of views. And my whole thing is I just don't get why. Okay, it's like, Okay, people see women as extremely powerful. That's what they. That's why they want us at the end, the back of the bus, basically. That's why they want to tell us what to do with our own bodies. That's why they want to. Oh no, you can't do this. Go sit down and you know be a Stepford wife. 
But that's that's just not yeah. gonna fly. <laughs> it's just not no. gonna fly. <laughs> Sorry, not doing it. <laughs> not in yeah, this life. I, I've honestly like I've had conversations with people who who don't believe in abortion, and I'm like, that's fine. You have that right. That's right. Now I don't. Like, that's fine. I, I just want the choice. I really don't care what you believe in. That's your choice to believe in it. Thank now we you. don't have a choice. Thank you very much. Period. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, I, I, you believe what you want to believe. That is your right as an American. But now it's to the point where, like, it has nothing to do with religion. It has everything to do with, like, safety. It, yeah. And, it's, and, and what, what's interesting, and I tell people this all, all the time, is that what's, what's been brought about by the overturning of Roe versus Wade is a lot of things that I didn't know that a lot of things that w- women w- go through uh, through pregnancy and why they need abortions and all these different things and health risks and the things that happen to babies. I mean, all this stuff came out of it. And it's just ah. baffling, baffling to me. How somebody can look you in the face and say, well, I'm going to be in charge of your body. One, you weren't in the womb with me. You weren't in the room with me when I was <laughs> born so how the hell can you come off and tell me what to do so one of the things I do during the days I drive and I pick up stuff for people you know just earn some money here and there and recently I've had to go pick up like plan b this is the third time I've had to pick up plan b stuff and I always tell the woman women I stand with you in solidarity I am so honored to bring this to you yeah because no one on this earth should be telling anyone what to do with their own body yeah you can have your views okay you can have your views you don't like it like you just said that's that's okay but you're not going to stand here and tell me what to do i mean with like for example these these people that work in pharmacies well it's my religion and i'm not going to give you your prescription as the hell you are because <laughs> it's my religion that, says <laughs> that i can use it it's just i i i, I it's so frustrating I just, you know, that's why we need more people like you uh, to uh, to empower women. I, I, I stand with you in solidarity on that because I just can't anymore with this crap that's going out there in the world. It's just, it's baffling. It's just baffling where we are. I mean, this is the 21st century, everybody. This is the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> I, I come from a, a family of, of people in the medical field, and we're all just kind of looking mm-hmm. around like, Y'all know this is about like a bigger picture, right? <laughs> like, why? why, 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 why? I agree. I, like, I remember hearing about it and just like the whole day, I just cried. It's just I'm, I would like. I'm, I don't have children right now, but I would love to start a family at some point with my husband. But now I'm scared to. Yeah, because you just. I mean, it's just. It's just it's mind-boggling. And what a lot of people don't understand, even married couples, they've had to have abortions because something happened going on with the fetus or it, it, the baby might kill the wife. They And they still, they want to have the children, but they can't. It's like, People need to educate themselves. I always tell people, do your due diligence, people. Research before you open your mouth, mouth to speak and talking about this is murder, this is that, this is that. You know what? Mm. A woman's life is important. Let's just leave it there. Our lives are important. You can't tell us what to do. Not in this lifetime. Is no justice, no peace is my whole thing. Because there's no, it's not going to happen. Now, tell me, I'm going to do your song, Millie. Tell me what that's about. 
<laughs> speaking of women and their rights. <laughs> right. Um, so Millie is actually about my great grandmother. Um, she found out that her husband was cheating on her and she was pregnant with his fifth daughter, my great aunt Betty. Um, and she decided she was going to do something about it because in that time you like, you just didn't get divorced. It was the twenties, late twenties, early thirties, somewhere in there. Um, and so she decided she was going to run him over. <laughs> but uh, oh, no. see what that is. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't have a license. She didn't know how to operate a car. So she missed. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> she um, she basically just said, I'm leaving. I'm taking the girls, and I'm raising them by myself, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, bye. Which is incredible. I And the song itself, you know, there's a lot more details to it. I had to change some of the details to make it a little bit more interesting than what actually happened. Um, but, and all the names have been changed because they didn't rhyme with anything. (laughs) In all honesty. Um, but yeah, I, my mom told me this story years ago and I was like, this is a song. This is a song. And so I wrote it and she told me I wasn't allowed to release it until all the parties involved had either given the go ahead or passed on. (laughs) So, uh, so thankfully I got some go ahead and I got to release it. All right.
I mean, you obviously have a wonderful voice. You have a great vibe. The energy in your music is great. You're a great storyteller. Um, and so you, you, you are successful because you're capable of doing all that stuff. Um, but like I said, it's just like, it's just music. Music is tough. And that's what I tell people. Don't think you're going to get into it and you're just, just going to become a star. No, it's not like that. You have to put in the work. You have to put in the effort. Um, and you have to believe in yourself. Bottom line. Yeah. Um, and then you will, you shall see the fruits of your labor and you have to determine what success is for you. Because the success yeah, means exactly. many, different, many different people. Um, exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, so. The last thing would be learn to play guitar sooner. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you play an instrument. I'm still trying to learn how to play an instrument. I I took guitar years ago, and I felt like a contortionist. And somebody recently said, you know there's guitars for women. I'm like, okay, now you tell me. But I have a smart keyboard that's been in a box for five years. I need I need to break out and just start learning. Ugh. But it's yeah. wonderful I, that you know how to play. I started playing for myself in 2019, and as soon as I like got confident enough to play for myself, like you know, with practice you get better and better right. and better. But I also saved so much money playing for yeah. myself. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. My gosh, you don't have to pay anybody else. That's that's awesome. And and the fact that you know how to play an instrument is just amazing. Anybody that knows how to play an instrument. I mean, my instrument is, are, are, is my 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 vocals, obviously. But um, I love people that can play anything. <laughs> I think it, I think it's, it's very important. Like you said, you don't have to spend the money, and you're just showing a different side of yourself as well. You know, and that's yeah. that's. Cool. Very, very cool. Well, Erin, thank you so much for being on Chatting with Nat. I learned a lot more about you, and I love your voice. You're fantastic. You're phenomenal. Um, and I'm sure that, yeah, you're, you're already successful, but I wish, I wish you more success. Thank you very much. You too. This is fun. <laughs> thank you. Now, everybody, if you know want to find more about Erin McClendon, you can go to her website, www.erinmcclendon.com. She's on Instagram as Erin McClendon. Facebook, Erin McClendon Music, and YouTube's the same. On Twitter, it's Erin Aaron McMusic, I like that. Uh, TikTok is Aaron McClendon Music. And if you can't remember that, you know what you can do? You can Google. Google is our friend. All right. Uh, and you can go to all the streaming services because she's on there too. Thank you for being on Chatting with Nat, Aaron. Thank you so much, Nat. All right. All right, everybody. You know what to do. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your